You are listening to the Curtis King Podcast. Welcome to the Curtis King Podcast. For those of you that are viewing for the first time or listening for the first time, this is a podcast dedicated to music producers worldwide who seek more than just music production advice, but they're also seeking the keys to having a strong mind game, a strong mindset, and then also to being able to take care of their mental health. On this day, I want to bring you a quote. It's actually a quote of myself. There's nothing worse than quoting yourself. I mean, that's come on. Are you really going to be that self-centered, Curtis? I just want to quote it. I, it was a quote that I put up on Twitter and uh, it resonated with a lot of people. And it was something that definitely was heavy on my mind this weekend. And so I wanted to go ahead and quote it. The quote goes as such. Many times we are afraid to fail in front of people that are afraid to see us grow. One more time. Many times we are afraid to fail in front of people that are afraid to see us grow. I think that many times, really just as human beings, but if we speak specifically to music producers, we have people that we look to as mentors, people that we look up to, people that we seek advice from. And I think it's really common. It's, a, it's sort of a human reaction. It's really common to see those folks change in the process of us changing. Part of that change is us becoming, I guess, less in need of the mentorship or less in need of advice, uh, more self-dependent, self-independent, reliant, self-reliant. And in that process, I think sometimes those who have given us advice uh, can look at that as either a threat to their well-being or a threat to their necessity in your life. And many times we carry with us, even though we're growing, we carry with us a concern to always want to impress our mentors, uh, to always show them that the teachings that they shared has gone to good use. And it puts two human beings in a predicament in which communication would definitely help things. Uh, I'm not speaking personally. I'm really speaking from a conversation I had with a producer who was dealing with the same thing, the very same thing that I'm speaking of right now, and that he came under he came up under the mentorship of another producer. And in the beginning, he was just the up and coming producer who wanted advice about the very basic things. And so this person who had all of this information and this knowledge uh, was everything to them and not to say that they're not everything to them now, but through time, they were able to develop their own opinions about things through time. They were able to not only utilize their information, but maybe even hear their voice in the process. And what happened was, and I, and I, and I explained it to the person that I was mentoring is that they have surpassed their mentor's teachings. And now their mentor is becoming sort of, I don't want to say their worst enemy, but, but one of their biggest critiquers. That's a nice way to put it. One of the biggest people giving them criticism. And of course it holds a certain type of weight because, well, this is the person that saw you from your very beginning. 
This is the person I gave you advice from the very start. So, of course, their words hold a little bit more weight. What I had to explain to him, though, is that many times we are afraid, just as he was afraid, to become that person that you feel that you may be. But you don't want to let arrogance drive that that car. But you feel it. You know you're becoming that guy or that woman. You know that you are. You feel it. You know it's in your soul, but you don't want to claim it. And many times we're afraid of tapping into our max potential simply because we are afraid of failing and not being that person or not living up to that standard in front of the people that in turn might be actually afraid to see us grow. It's something I wanted to kind of leave you with because I feel like many of you are probably in that same scenario. Maybe it's some somebody who's not even really a mentor. Maybe it's somebody that, uh, you know, that you respect that follows you on Twitter or follows you on Instagram or follows you and they're subscribed to you. And you're like, man, I don't want to mess up in front of them. There's such a big influence and I don't want them to think that I'm whack. I don't want them to da 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 da. There, if they really feel like that, if they're really that hypersensitive to your your lack of living up to their standard, that's somebody that's afraid to see you grow. Somebody who wants to see you grow is excited by seeing you fail, not excited in the sense that they don't want to see you win, not excited in the sense that they're like, yeah, yeah, keep failing so I can keep winning. It's not the case at all. They're excited in that they know that their success would not have been a reality had they not failed themselves. Something I wanted to leave you with. I want to do something a little different, too, for the Curtis King podcast, um, because I want to know your thoughts. So definitely, as you're coming to this video, hit that button, that go like that, that like button. And then also to leave a comment, because I'm really curious about what do you feel about that quote? Something new that I'm going to do is I'm going to highlight a comment from every week of our podcast last week the homie avadon smith said great episode fam i can say 100 percent fear holds many of us back for myself it used to be fear of what to do next if i fail learn through unrelated life experiences sometimes you won't have the answers until that moment happens and you'll never know what will happen next if you never move appreciate you brother no, Avadon, I appreciate you because that is a bar. So I think it's good. Let's go ahead and clean the palate. You know what I'm saying? Let, let's 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 get the fear conversation out of the way, because I know that there's a lot of folks who are uh, in fear of the unknown. They're in a fear of what this time means to their career. What will it mean? Um, this is an opportunity for growth for all of us in some shape or form. It's an opportunity of growth. So that was the first thing I wanted to talk about. Let's talk about. What the topic of this entire podcast is built around. I don't know if I'm going to have to go into the commercial break with this one and come back with it, uh, but we got to talk about it. So in my IG live, I had a conversation with my audience first and foremost to notify them about. And if you want to get heads up about my live streams, by the way, and you don't have the notifications on or any of my social medias. Go right there. You see you see that you see that box right there. That's my number. Shoot me a text and you'll be part of my text community. And I always shoot out a text to let them know when I'm going live. 
So it's another way to kind of fight through the algorithm. But that being said, I went live because I had to discuss something. I wanted to do a Q&A, which I did do, but I wanted to discuss something. And it specifically had to do with my decision to change Curtis King radio over to the Chill Palace radio. I know you guys are probably either sick of me or you're used to me shifting things around and constantly, you know, kind of molding things for perfection. That's just a habit of mine. That's something that I remember uh, reading an article that talked about, you know, some of the most, uh, uh, you know, successful businessmen and businesswomen have sort of a bias, not towards just action, but a bias towards change. They're constantly shifting things. Jeff Bezos is constantly shifting things with Amazon to perfect it and make it just that much better. And uh, as I'm sitting here and I'm shifting things with the radio, I'm trying to figure out what can really maximize it and uh, how can we really focus it in. I'm realizing at the very top of the podcast, podcast, the very top of the radio station, there is an issue that runs throughout my entire business. And right now I'm going through a bit of a, I want to say a rebrand, but a bit of a cleaning house of things, a cleaning house of a mentality that I've had. And that mentality has been slap Curtis King on everything. Curtis King radio, Curtis King podcast, uh, Curtis King clothing, Curtis King. I've put Curtis King, literally Curtis King radio. I've put Curtis King, the brand, the name on everything. And rightfully so. The decision to do that wasn't a self-centered decision. The decision to do that was for brand recognition. The Curtis King brand has a certain taste in your mouth when you think about it. It has a certain, certain feeling, a certain vibe. You either love it or you hate it, but you feel some kind of way about it. And that's the brand, a.k.a. the reputation. And because I've built that reputation, I think I've always been kind of insecure about making other businesses uh, extended of it, including Curtis King TV, Curtis King University, because I felt like people wouldn't remember it or wouldn't be as strong as the brand that Curtis King is. But that's the whole point. Right. What I'm experiencing is a bit of brand fatigue in that you slap your name on everything what is this now, Curtis? Is this just something else that you're putting your name on? Is this just something else that you're going to give a certain amount of energy to and then let it go? Sometimes it is. But with that said, I have to be aware that when you slap your name, so this whole thing that I'm talking about in a marketing sense, um, it's sort of like the middle ground between something they call line extension and brand extension. So give me an example. If I am planners peanuts, okay, and I've been making peanuts for years, right? Folks is, I don't know, I don't even want to go there because I'm going to pause that saying eat my nuts. Uh, yeah, folks is eat, are consuming these planner peanuts for years. They decide we want to extend our line now to honey roasted peanuts, right? We want to extend our line, the planner's line to now cinnamon flavor. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. Let's use Coca-Cola as an example as well. Coca-Cola has regular Coke. They have vanilla Coke. They have cherry Coke. They have, uh, what else? Orange vanilla Coke. That's line extension. It's an extension of their already popular line of Coca-Cola brand products that have already done well. Now that has its pros and it has its cons flip side brand extension which you find a lot of those folks get into sort of that negative area 
With brand extension, this is where you start to run into problems. I'll give you an example. Oreos. Oreos, what are, what are Oreos? They're just cookies, right? Cookies with the cream filling. Brand extension for them looks like instead of them extending their Oreos out into different flavors, which they have, pumpkin and freaking cherry pie and all these crazy different. <laughs> it's just crazy how many flavors they have. That's line extension. But brand extension is when you have Oreo ice cream. It's those type of things that make you ask, fam, why do you have ice cream? Why? why? I, I know Oreos taste good with ice cream, but why are you making ice cream? You are, you know, and sometimes these brand extensions work. Most times they don't. I'll give you another example. Dr. Pepper had a barbecue sauce. Yes, they had a barbecue sauce in collaboration with another barbecue sauce brand. Fam, nobody asked for that. I know that Dr. Pepper probably tastes good with ribs. Been a year, it's been years since I had ribs, but I know it tastes good with ribs. That don't mean that people want barbecue ribs with excuse me. That don't mean that people want Dr. Pepper barbecue sauce. Just the thought of it right now just kind of grosses you out, doesn't it? Vitamin water. We know that vitamin water tastes good as soon as it hits your lips, hits your tongue, your taste buds. It tastes good, right? It's good. Nobody asks for vitamin water lip balm, but it exists. Hot Cheetos. Mmm. Finger licking good, right? Mm. He's eating them hot Cheetos. Somebody came up with the idea of maybe we should make a lip balm of hot Cheetos. You think I'm lying? Check your local 99 cent store in the kids section. They may have it. So this is the dark side of brand extension. I didn't quite go there. Like you didn't get like Curtis King socks and condoms and, and <laughs> Curtis King scarves and, and goggles. And you know what I'm saying? Curtis King mugs. Well, actually, I did do that one year, but we're not going to go back. Those are MySpace days. Um, you didn't get some ridiculous representations of my brand because I knew that at least I knew if I'm going to extend my brand, I should make it into music related things. But I think that sometimes it 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 can run its fatigue. I think it has run its fatigue specifically with Curtis King University in that I give you an example. Two, three weeks ago, I had molar surgery that put me out for a week. Not such a big deal when you're able to work every single day, but I am not. I split my work days between my wife and I because she has a business of her own. And uh, we both take those days that we're not working to be with our son full time. And so you really think about it. I'm really working only three full time days during the week. And I am having to push as much as I can work wise into those days. That goes from the necessity to create content for the channel, the necessity to create podcast content, the necessity to uh, at least have some kind of a presence on my Instagram. So that's really the only social media that I'm using the necessity to have my daily workshops on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, which I have shifted since the necessity to handle the stuff on the back end, wherever my, uh, my, my assistant is not able to handle things like with the emails and with, with, uh, helping customers and, um, the necessity to create courses, the necessity to do all these things, make music, make beats, put it up on streaming, promote them, uh, create graphic designs for them. And as late having to do the video editing, like it's a lot that I have to wear because Curtis King is attached to the brand, right? If, if it was, if it was Schmerdeschmring, you would care less about, well, this ain't no Curtis King. Curtis King's about quality. He's about making sure that stuff is on point, right? I would, you would care less. I would care, but you would care less. 
But the Curtis King brand has a reputation. And here's the thing about it. It's more than just a reputation. It's also the idea that if I am not around, if I go down like I did when I had the surgery and I'm out and I'm on a couch and I can't work that rhyme, not on purpose. But when I can't work, I am literally losing days. I miss those three days and felt like I was behind two or three weeks because there was so much that's relying upon me talking the podcast, the workshops, the content on YouTube. Like there's so much relying upon me speaking and being there because my brand is attached to it. And I have extended my brand into so many different places. So I say that to say this is why I changed Curtis King Radio, because to me, that's my first step into really building up a brand that is um, strong, that is a strong extension, uh, not line, I should say an extension of the line that I have already produced in content for Curtis King. That is my first step, my first foray into creating a strong brand that is not having to have my name within it. Plus, Curtis King Radio, it wasn't about me. It was about y'all, right? Now it's the Chill Palace Radio. Now, instead of making it a buffet of different genres, let's just go to lo-fi. Let's just go to lo-fi. Let's just make it one particular genre, chill hip-hop and lo-fi. And matter of fact, we need to have a conversation about that too. So let's go to a commercial break. Shout out to our sponsors, DistroKid. I'll see you in a second. Music producer, something I talk about pretty frequently is the necessity of having multiple streams of revenue as an independent music producer. Not only for when you're actually producing, but what about those days after you stop producing? You got to make sure that you have streams of revenue that are going to live on even further than your current career. That being said, one stream of revenue that I think gets often overlooked is music distribution, aka streaming, getting your music on Apple Music, getting your music on Spotify, etc., etc. Now, the number one spot that I go to to make sure that I distribute my music properly and ensure that I get my music to every store possible is DistroKid at distrokid.com. I know you've heard me speak about it multiple times on my YouTube channel, but I got to tell you, there's a reason why it's the number one that I go to. For $19.99 per year, I can upload an unlimited amount of music throughout the year. As producers, you know we make an abnormal amount of music in comparison to songs that get created, so it's important that you use this as a consistent stream of income. If you'd like to sign up to DistroKid today and get your music to every major distributor, Go to distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Curtis King to get 7% off. Nice. Shout out to DistroKid and thank you for supporting the Curtis King podcast. So I think the dialogue to end this podcast episode needs to be centered around my shift in my opinion of lo-fi hip hop. There was a point in time where I was letting lo-fi have it. Right. I was really stepping into my full boomer form, <laughs> shaking my fist at the kids on the lawn. Get off that line. I was really getting into my boomer form. And um, I'm thankful for the homies that I have that educated me and uh, helped me to understand how off point I was. OK, that's, I think that's called growth. Right. Uh, some people want to call it, you know, contradiction, whatever. I think it's called growth. Anyways, fast forward or rewind, actually. Um, ironically, this was around the same time that we lost Nipsey. And um, 
it's a really crazy time when I think about just that month that because uh, around the time that uh, my son was born. No, my son had his first birthday party. Excuse me. My son has first birthday party. And uh, so much was going on in that month in March uh, 2019. But I remember just kind of like going through so many emotions and so many things caught those emotions. And uh, lo-fi was one of them. I didn't get it at first. If I'm being 1000 with you, I did not get it. I was listening to it and I was like, drum break, pretty chords, jazzy chords. Fam, that's just boom bap. Like, why are we giving it another name? Like, who is behind this rebranding of boom bap? And why is there rebranding? Right. What is what is going on? That was my first initial thoughts on it. But when I started to tap into the fact that how can I be somebody that is of stable mental health and not respect something that stabilizes the mental health of other people? Right. How can I be for the mental health of music producers when they go to this music as a healing mechanism, when they go to this music as something that helps them kind of cope with their sadness, with their stress, with their depression. Who am I to come in there and start to throw around my my politics about it? There's many things that were attached to it. You know, I think a part of me kind of felt like, you know, because of uh, a lot of the faces that I were seeing of it at first, there was a little bit of uh, bias to it because I was thinking about how my grandfather used to say, to me, he was like, don't let them take your hip, that hip hop that you into. Don't let them take that hip hop. They being like, I guess, other races and whatever the case may be. Don't let them take that hip hop like they took our jazz. Right. Talking about smooth jazz and how it kind of got rebranded and went into another lane. And so I started to feel that. Right. My, my grandfather's passed away. And at that time, like I said, emotions were running high. I started to really feel that and the whole idea of ownership. And I started thinking about, man. Not even thinking about it. the homie, uh, 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 the letter L reached out to me and was like, no, 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 no. There's there's representation of all races in this particular subgenre of hip hop. Right. He let me know of like stolen drums. He let me know of um, Eldre and a, a few other folks. And I was just like, you know what? I was off. I was off. And I was letting that boomer energy flow through me. And I think it alienated at that time, a lot of my younger uh, music listeners. And for those of you that are still sticking around, I appreciate you. And also I got to apologize, genuinely apologize because that's stupid. That's stupid. It's stupid. You guys have found something that represents where you're at. It helps you musically. And I got to be honest with you, as I'm listening to your guys' beats that you're making on the chill palace radio, I'm finding a lot of the same relaxing elements and a lot of the same beautiful aesthetics and vibes and simplicity and complexity that I get when I'm listening to my, my Dilla Pandora station and my flying Lotus Pandora station. That's not to say, I'm not saying that y'all are are them. I'm saying that I'm getting the same sort of benefits and that I listen to that music to really relax, to have something to clean up the house with, to have something to, let creative ideas sort of run free within my mind. And as I start to get into the music, the lo-fi music, as I start to, I start to realize, damn, like a lot of them are fans of Dilla. 
right? They're fans of Fly Low. They're flan- fans of like the Adult Swim era. They're fans of, uh, uh, you know, the original <clears throat> hip hop producers that were using jazzy samples. They're fans of them. So what's the problem? So I, I had to kind of come to uh, a, a realization that I was in the wrong in that. And with that, this is why you're starting to see interviews like with the homie Illusion, who I'm so proud to see how huge he is. Millions and millions upon followers on TikTok and millions and millions upon plays. And this is somebody that was a gentleman inside of a audience that I was speaking in. And he said at that point in time, it was a crucial time for him because he was having to really make some changes and to see where he has took things. It is just amazing to see. But I know that doesn't happen closing people off. And so as I start to understand the benefits of lo-fi, as I start to understand what you guys are benefiting from it, that 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 boomer in me that, that he starts to put his fist down and says, thank y'all for continuing a vibe. Thank you for continuing a emotion that is needed. And also it gives me a space as an older producer. I don't want to say it's a young man's game because it's all ages in this. But as a as, as a as a producer that is getting older, this it makes it so much fun to now get back in my sample bag. And um, have some of these elements be considered lo-fi. I'll be honest with you. Lo-fi is not the easiest thing for me to make. And it's because so much of the music that I make is bent upon emotion. Musically, like melodically, I can get it there. Drum wise. I've heard a few people like stolen drums that have like these hard hitting drums, the homie Jansport. I've heard a lot of folks with these hard hitting drums within the genre. But. Like I. What I benefit from lo-fi is not always the hard-hitting drums. It's it's the melody ideas. It's just this this ruggedness around the edges that literally that lo-fi vibe from it uh, and effect and, and sound effects from it. That's what I kind of benefit from it is the soothing aspect of it. Um, so as I kind of figure it out, you guys will see in these live streams. But it is a challenge for me because I, I always like my drums to be hitting hard, but. Got to readjust, man. You got to gotta, gotta be, able to be able to leave yourself to grow, especially as if in the last week, like I said, I want to achieve mastery. That is going to be supremely, supremely important. Um, I think we're going to go ahead and end the podcast here. But I want to make sure that you guys know if you want to submit to, which is now just the Chill Palace Radio 24-7. If you want to submit to that, please go ahead and submit to that by going to uh, SoundCloud, search the Chill Palace. I'll even have this information in the description. Search the Chill Palace. And then um, from there, what we're going to do is uh, send me a DM with music attached, preferably, uh, not even preferably. We want just chill hip hop and lo-fi. It's the only vibe we're going for. That's what I listen to right now. Um, send me an attached beat from SoundCloud. We'll add it to the playlist and then you'll get a confirmation message. Then come tune in. Uh, I want to throw the idea out there and see how you guys feel about this. But how do you feel about us? Because I, I want to get this viewership up in the radio. Right. And keep it 1000. We need to get this viewership up. I want it to be something that you guys listen to like a Pandora station. It's yours, by the way. Uh, how do you feel about us meeting once a week inside that stream and just really inspiring one another, answering each other's questions, 
really just starting to develop upon the community we already have in there. There's a lot of folks in there with just a lot of great vibes, a lot of great encouragement. How do you feel about that? Let me know in the comments below if you're down for something like that. Okay. Well, that concludes the Curtis King podcast. I want to say thank you to all of you that are listening on all the major distributors. Make sure you definitely subscribe. Make sure that you give us a five star rating, share it with somebody. And the same thing for you watching it on YouTube. Uh, make sure that you like this video. Make sure that you leave a comment. Uh, come on, man. Engage with us. I, you know, I'm going to be in there in the comments. I'm going to do better about answering comments. I know sometimes I get off into my workaholic zone and I don't really answer comments like I used to. I'm going to get back to it. I'm sorry. That is my bad. I'm back on it. Um, yeah. Leave us a comment. Share it, especially if you find value in it. I really don't mind if you guys clip parts of this podcast and use it in your beats or use it on your social media. I actually encourage it. <laughs> but that being said, in this life, you will not be full of life until you decide to live life to its fullest. Once again, it's Curtis King of SlapExperts.com. Have a good one.